What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast, where every week, a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week, it is episode 147, and we're going to show the OG Game Boy some love, because someone mentioned a couple weeks ago, I don't remember who it was, sorry about that. Somebody mentioned that they'd like to see us show the handhelds. A little bit more love. And the thing is, like, I I love the original puke green 4AA draining fucking rock solid brick Game Boy as much as anyone. It's just that there's like, there's not a lot of greatness on there, right? Like, I love the thing, but there's a lot of not good. Um, And admittedly, I have not played a ton of GBA. That was kind of my bar hopping phase where I got out of gaming, although I am catching up, all right? So we're going to get there. I've heard the criticisms. We're trying. Uh, We have at least one more portable game in the bank right now. That'll be coming down the road. Uh, But this week, it's original Game Boy, and it's one of the best games on that gaming bad boy, Super Mario Land 2. The Six Golden Coins. This game is friggin' awesome. I Fuck it is. I love this game. Uh, my guest this week is my good buddy and one half of the official Remember the Game Tag Team Champions, the McHugh Brothers. It's my friend Bradley McHugh. And we had a very positive, energy-charged, not angry Adam-filled conversation about not only Mario's second Game Boy Adventure, but the game that featured the debut of one of video gaming's most I beloved, iconic characters, the alcoholic nose rocking, garlic chomping, huge fart cutting anti hero himself, Wario. If you didn't know, he debuted in Super Mario Land 2 as the, as the bad guy. And uh, we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of uh, anti heroes with alcoholic noses that eat too much garlic and cut a lot of farts, it is time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're happy to have you. And consider this your warning. Our intros are pretty long, but they're fun. They're not, it's not just garbage long. It's fun. You know, we talk about video games and stuff like that. It's kind of like your warm-up steak before your main steak. Like, I can't be the only one that has steak as an appetizer. You have, like, the little cut. Like, that little four to six ounce, you know, that little warm-up piece of, piece of cow before that giant fight. Oh, man, I could go for some steak. Uh, anyway, so welcome to the welcome to the intro. Uh, we have merch. You guys, I gotta plug it. We have hoodies, we have t-shirts, we have coffee mugs, uh, all rocking the sweet new Remember the Game art that was drawn by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. Hit him up if you're looking for any art. It's fucking the the feedback has been really really good because not only are the clothes the t-shirts and the hoodies and stuff not horrible quality but the artwork on them is fucking the tits it's awesome uh so you can find our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested and would like to support the show that way and of course you can always support us on patreon four out of five dentists agree that it's a great use of your pocket change it just it's a great way to fight off gingivitis support us on patreon for only two bucks a month u.s you get two additional podcasts each and every week, plus a ton more. Okay, those two podcasts are exclusive access to both my gaming news podcast, Game Patch, each and every Friday, which is no longer on free feeds. I, I made the, the business decision. That is now on our $2 Patreon. You can get it on any tier on our Patreon, starting at 2 bucks. It's all the biggest news in the world of gaming, with my opinions, a little bit of profanity and stuff sprinkled on top. So you get that every single Friday, and you get access to my gaming discussion, discussion show, Expansion Pass, every single Sunday. And you also get instant access to over 60 previous episodes 
of Expansion Pass and our other bonus podcasts. There's things like game reviews in there, game rankings, there's some comedy episodes, lots of fun stuff. Uh, Episode 57 of Expansion Pass went live this past Sunday, and we talked about games that we feel are underrated, and a ton of classics came up, and I've actually received a lot of messages from people that listened to it and just said how you know it brought up a couple of games that maybe they had forgot about and how pumped they were to hear from them and they want to go play them again which is all like i'm glad that that episode hit the mark with all you because like dude you guys wrote in about some games that i was like oh i totally forgot about that game and that game's awesome if really fun episode uh and as is becoming tradition here and, and a blatant sales pitch here is a sneak peek at last sunday's episode of expansion pass episode 57 underrated video games The thing about is I feel like the NES maybe has more underrated games in its library than any franchise or any console. And the reason I, I know that we all love the NES, but the reason I say that is because the NES library is very big and there were a lot of bad games in there. Right. And if you look at most of the best selling games on the NES, you've got your Mario's, your Zelda's, your Ninja Turtles, your Disney games. So for, for lack of a better term, the generic titled games like a bionic like bionic commando is a fucking no-name brand royal cola whatever the cheap version of like regular stuff is wherever you live that's what bionic commando is for a name of a video game that is just you just took two uh coolish words and put them together and made that into a title of a game and i feel like those games get kind of lost in the shuffle because like back in the day when you only got one game for christmas or you maybe only got one or two games per year you were eh, you weren't going to gamble away your one game a year on a bionic commando when there was something with Ninja Turtles or DuckTales or Mario or Zelda or Contra or something like that out there on it, right? So I feel like there are some games like that that kind of slipped under the radar. And I think Bionic Commando, having never played it, certainly fits the definition. So that was last Sunday's podcast. And now for this weekend, episode 58, um... You know what? I think we're going to do another mini indie review. Basically, if you, we, I take three indie games that I want to review, but I don't know if I could fill an entire podcast about them on their own. And we just give them, you know, 10, 15 minute chunks each. We did this one time before, I don't know, a few months ago on Expansion Pass, and I reviewed SteamWorld Dig 2, Into the Breach, and Bloodstained. And people seem to really enjoy that episode. So this weekend, we're going to do another one, and I'm going to review uh, Darkest Dungeon, SteamWorld Heist and Dead Cells. They're three very different games. Uh, I think three great indie games that I really like. They're available on just about everything, I think. So if one of them sounds nice to you, you'll probably have a way to play it. They're not too expensive. So that'll be this weekend's episode. And again, just to finish my Patreon plug and then we can move on and I won't have to plug anything else. Two bucks gets you all those podcasts. And then in addition to all those, you get to join our Discord. You can vote in our Patreon poll, which is running right now. You get the ability to submit comments and questions to be read on all of my podcasts. And you get a shout out here on the show and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. So a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons, Paul, Dale Baker, Ian Watts, Joe Kirby, Brynamite, Owen the Game Fur Chuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Broken Spoilers, and Matthew Day. Thank you all so, so much, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash rememberthegame. Uh, I also have a P.O. box. You can find our full address on the website, uh, rememberthegamepodcast.com. Uh, I'm not even going to say the address here because you're not going to, you're just going to go look it up if you need it. Um, but I, I don't encourage you to send me big gifts or anything like that. Just shoot me a postcard. 
or a letter from wherever you are in the world. Let me know you're listening to the show. I remember the game postcards here. So if you put your return address on it, I'll send you one back. We'll be best friends. It'll be nice. So you can do that if you want to. Uh, and I stream on Twitch Tuesday and Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can find me over there. Look for Member the Game on Twitch. Not Remember the Game. Member the Game on Twitch.tv. Tetris Tuesday is our big stream. I play Tetris 99 and I count the time down before I start every game in the chat. So if you play Tetris 99, you're welcome to come by the Twitch stream. It's completely free and you can just play Tetris with me and a whole bunch of us on Tuesday nights and they, everyone basically just makes fun of me and it's lots of fun. So that's it. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge. It is our opening segment on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And as I mentioned, we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow. And uh, man, guys, thank you for so many comments. We had like two dozen submissions this week just for this segment. And I... I can't read all of that. It's, I can't answer all of them. It's imp- I've read them all. I can't read them all on the podcast. That'd be the whole episode. Um, and I always stress about, I'm slowly getting better about it. I think most of you understand I can't read every comment every week. I, I really do stress about not being able to read every comment. So I'm trying to stick to five or six in this segment. Feel free to submit your comment again if it didn't get read and I'll try to get it on the air. Or feel free to just, uh, by all means, shoot me a DM on Patreon. And just, you know, I'll gladly talk to you on there. I, I, try, I keep up with, about, I probably have about 50 conversations going on Patreon with various members of our community now. I try to check my messages every day. So feel free to message me on there if you would like. All right. So thank you for all the messages. I'm going to start with this one from Candido who wrote in and said, I want to quickly shout out some love to Kate on her podcast debut last weekend for Toe Jam and Earl. Thanks for sharing your jamming memories. And I hope we get to hear you again soon. Uh, well, thank you for writing in, Candido. And I wanted to quickly address Kate because, dude, it was... And I'm not slagging any of our other guests that come on the show by any stretch. But, like, we got a great feed amount of... Feed. Kate, I know you're probably listening to this. And I just want to let you know, like, people really fucking dug your episode. People liked you. And I, I gotta... I mean, I think the elephant in the room is that, like, in 146 episodes, that was my first ever female guest on the show. And I just want to say for the record, it's not like I'm a sexist and I'm like, women don't know anything about video games or anything. It's, I'm, I'm a 37-year-old man who's been in a relationship for 15 years and hasn't had a day job in like five. I, I don't meet a lot of new people. I don't have a lot of female friends, period, much less female friends that play video games. So I just want to clear, I don't want everyone to think that like Adam doesn't bring women on the show. I just don't, I don't, I don't have any friends. That's the problem. Uh, no, but, but that's what it is. And, and frankly, I'm embarrassed that I didn't think to ask Kate to come on the show earlier. Cause like, she's awesome. And, uh, she killed it on the podcast. So we'll absolutely have her back. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone, uh, that reached out. Uh, and I've passed a lot of your messages on to Kate and I've tagged her on Twitter and Instagram if you want to say hi, but yeah, it was really good feedback. So I'm glad that so many of you appreciated or enjoyed that episode as much as I did. So thank you, Candido for reaching out. Uh, Joe Kirby wrote into us on Patreon and said, I don't know if this was covered or not, but the lead on Days Gone recently said that maybe there would be a sequel if more people had bought it at full price when it launched instead of waiting for it to go on sale. If you haven't tried this game, I think it's worth the price of a download, but that's not the point of this. When I was reading their interview, I was thinking about Fallout 76, Cyberpunk, and other games that were launched and immediately needed a patch or an update. I remember back in the day when we paid $60 for a game but received a full game. 
Some developers, fucking LGN, took liberties with the definition of what a game is, but whatever. What I want to know is, do you think it's incumbent on us to pay full price, given the track record of developers and studios pushing mostly completed games? Apologies for the long-winded or roundabout way of posing the question, and keep up the great work, my dude. Uh, well, thanks, Kirby. That's a fucking, that was a very well-written question. And shout out to Kirby for not putting too many big words in there to fuck with me. Because some of you, I feel like you do. Because you know Adam will struggle to read them, and I didn't. Uh, I, by the way, Requiem. And for those of you that listened to Expansion Pass last weekend, I looked it up, and I know how that word is said now, Requiem. Anyway, Joe, to get to your question, uh, I absolutely remember a day where we just paid full price for a game and then got the game, and there was no day one patch, and the games had to work before you shipped them, and it was... Simpler times, man. I actually was just reading that the Mass Effect re-release trilogy that's coming out right away. Uh, I don't remember when, but it's coming out right... It might even be this week or next week. I haven't looked at the upcoming games yet. But anyway, if you didn't know, the Mass Effect, the trilogy is being re-released right away. And it's coming with a with a with like a 12 gigabyte day one patch that is actually bigger than any one particular Mass Effect game. Which is just... I understand... Like, listen. When used properly, patches are a good thing. Right? They find something that's wrong with the game, and instead of you just being stuck with it forever, they could patch it and be like, oh, sorry about that. We missed that, but we fixed it, and now the game works just a little bit better. That's what patches should be for. Patches should not be, hey, our game is about 80% done, but we want to get it out in this quarter to please our start, our shareholders or whatever, so we're just going to ship it broken, and then we'll patch it later. That's not what patches should be, and that's what more and more and more patches have become. And if you're curious, I and I think what Joe, part of what Joe was talking about in this message was one of the, maybe you didn't even read this part, Joe, but one of the like creators or, or developers or somebody involved with Days Gone basically came out and said, if you want companies to support franchises and make sequels, buy the games at full fucking price. That was what they said. It was full fucking price. And I got to be honest, I didn't have a necessary... Okay. I don't have a problem with him saying that because I, I agree with them, right? Like if if everyone buys a game at $10 as opposed to $70, if I'm the studio funding these games, I'm like, well, we're not making another one of the goes because nobody bought it till it was only 10 bucks. So I do get what he's saying there. Having said that, is it incumbent, uh, to, to go back to Joe's question, is it incumbent on us to pay full price given the track record of these studios pushing out these half-ass games? The fuck no. It is not incumbent on us fucking at all. Not, a, not in the least. All right, if there's a game that I really want, I have zero hesitation plunking down the cash and buying it day one or buying it when it's full price and brand new. I do, I because I'm a, I love this hobby. I love video games and I want to support the game developer. So I have no problem with doing that. Having said that, you guys know this. Very very rare do I break my pre-order rule. Because there's no reason to pre-order these days. Particularly if you buy digitally like I do. No fucking reason. Wait for reviews. Turns out the game isn't broken, then I'll pay full price. All right, but if you and, and so and I'm not speaking on behalf of everybody, but I'll pay you full price. But if you want me to pay you full price, give me a game that's worth full price. Give me a game that I'm interested in paying you full price for. Right? There's other games where I'm like, ah, that looks okay. It looks a little broken. Maybe I'm not that sold on this concept. I'll wait and I'll buy it when it's on sale. I'm still gonna give you some of my money, but I'm not sold that that's at full. It's the 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 the, the what's the word I'm looking for. The responsibility falls 100% on the game developers to present us with a product that we feel is worth our money, okay? So don't pre-order. Fucking wait. See what they see. Wait and see. That's how I truly feel about this. Wait and see. And if they come out with a quality product, then they should be releasing demos for us to try. They should be sending out review copies, and they should be telling those reviewers that they're going to lift their embargo 
three, four days before the game goes live. That way people can get a sense for it and be excited about it and buy it on day one. And if you're releasing a quality product, you should have no worries or no fear about doing that. But more and more and more game developers aren't doing that. They are counting on us just pre-ordering games fucking blindly. Then you're getting a hold of these games that run at 75% and then they're or fucking less. And then they're patching them for the next six months. And you could have waited six months so all the fucking patches were done and then paid $40 for it instead of 80 and still got the same fucking experience. Right? Does that like is that that's how I fucking feel? If you want my money day one, give me something that makes me I'm I'll give I have it. I have the money. I'll give you the money. But give me a reason to fucking give it to you. So the fuck no, Joe, it is not on us. It is on them to convince us that their product is worth our full price. Having said that, if they do convince you that their game is worth full price, throw them a full price buy if you can. Give them, you know, fucking support them a little bit. That I will say that. If you if you feel it's worth the money, give them the money. That's there. All right. I'm done. I'm good. That's I hope that answered your question, Joe. Thanks for writing in, buddy. Uh, We have a wrestling question this week. I try not to mix too many wrestling questions into the intro because I know not all of you are pro wrestling fans, but we're going to mix one in. This has been a couple weeks. We're going to mix one in. Wolfgang Darren wrote in. And oh, somebody wrote in and quickly, I just want to, sorry, Darren, I'm going to get to your question. And my apologies, everybody. I don't remember who wrote it in. Somebody was like, I think they said, what's worse, Bret Hart or Mario is missing? If you don't know, I hate Bret Hart. And the answer is Mario's missing. Infinitely worse than Bret Hart. Because at least I don't like Bret Hart, but I respect Bret Hart for being a great wrestler. I don't respect Mario's missing for being a great game. That game, there's nothing good about that game. So anyway, Wolfgang Darren wrote in and said, am I the only one that thinks that Kenny Omega holding all these titles does little to help the federations that he's the champion and it just makes him look better? Not that I'm a fan of his, but imagine Mario going into Hyrule and beating Ganon by flinging him off of a castle and then knocking out Mike Tyson. Like, okay, sure, but what happens when you leave? It makes all those other people seem weak. So if you don't know what Darren's talking about, Kenny Omega is kind of the face of all elite wrestling right now. And they've been running an angle where he's going into other, like I I haven't been completely following it myself, to be honest. I guess it's kind of a spoiler. My answer is it's not interesting me, but I know he's gone to like another impact wrestling. And I think he's their world champion now too. And basically what Darren is saying is like, is there any benefit to these types of storylines where one company's champion goes into another company and then takes their championship? And the answer is like, I guess maybe, Darren, in my opinion, it like if at the end of the day, somebody from Impact Wrestling or wherever beats Kenny Omega back to take back their championship and they look even like I understand that the concept is you're going to get the Impact Wrestling fans watching AEW and the AEW fans watching Impact Wrestling. Like I get that that's, you know, like combined. It's like, it's just like if I show up on another person's podcast and I promote my podcast over there, maybe they'll get some listeners because my listeners want to go see what I have to say on that show. Maybe I'll get some new listeners because that podcast audience will check out my podcast after hearing me. So I think that like, and maybe it's a stupid comparison, but I think that's kind of what they're shooting for. But I'll be honest with you personally. I, I'm not a huge fan of these types of angles. Cause I agree with you at the end of the day, someone's going to come out looking like shit and you're never going to get two companies that are both just willing to play ball the whole time. So I, yeah, like to be honest, like I'm a big pro wrestling fan, but I got to personally this AEW Kenny Omega going to other company it d- doesn't interest me. That's just me. I would like to see them just stick in their lane and work on their just just work on your show. But that's, you know, if you're enjoying it, power to you. I agree with you, Darren. I I'm not really enjoying it, and I do think it's going to eventually making someone make somebody look worse. There's no way that everybody comes out of it looking good. That's so I agree with you, my friend. That's just me. Uh, thanks for writing in, buddy. Johnny CCDC 
wrote in. We got a couple more here, and then we'll move on to uh, play one, remake one, erase one. Johnny CCDC wrote in and said, Adam, hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm going to soapbox on a forgotten game genre, and I'd like to see or that i'd like to see get a new day in the sun point and click adventure games these were all primarily on the pc and there were too many to name but a few include the king's quest series laura bow codename iceman monkey island and the leisure suit larry games these games had great art design storylines and the ingenuitive point and click gameplay mechanic along with clever puzzles and traps that made for serious replay value that i deeply loved and i miss it so much they could totally revamp the controls to make these games accessible on systems such as the nintendo switch and with modern graphics sound and story design I could see even simple remakes of these games going places. Did you ever get a chance to play any of these? If not, there are plenty of retro game websites where you can play them right now for free and many without the need to even download them. And they'll save your games right there on the websites. Uh, so that's a great question, Johnny. And I, and uh, yeah, I did. I did. You guys know that I'm not the world's biggest PC gamer. I don't know a lot about PC games. But it's, when as soon as I read your comment, I was like, dude, there is totally... I played Maniac Mansion... Back in the day, I played on my NES too, but I also played it on PC. I played Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders. I think it was a Lucas game. Is that what it was called? And if you've never played these games, look them up. It's like almost like a static screen, like, and you can move like your character around on the set. But like at the bottom, there's a bunch of commands like walk to, pick up, eat, use, you know, turn off, turn on. And basically, you kick, like, click, you know, turn off at the bottom. And then you click a lamp on the screen and then your character will walk over, excuse me, your character will turn off the lamp. And it's their kind of point and click puzzle adventures. And uh, yeah, I did. I played Maniac Mansion. I played Zach McCracken. I played a lot of King's Quest 6. I think for any of you that are King's Quest fans, I played one where you went to this beach and there were these like gnomes and each gnome had like one really powerful sense and you had to fool all five of them into thinking that you were something other than a person and like one could smell. So you had to put like mint leaves or something under their nose so that they wouldn't smell you. They'd smell the mint leaves and one could taste. So you had to give them chocolate to eat or something like that. I think it was King's quest six and I played a lot of King's quest six. So I absolutely do remember that genre. And I actually would like to see some of those games brought back as well. Cause I agree. Some of those games were a lot of fun. I, I didn't, I don't remember playing monkey Island, but I do remember seeing it as a kid. I played a lot of police quest. When I was a little kid too, that one wasn't point and click. That was when we typed out the commands at the bottom. But yeah, I, I do fucking remember that genre, and I would like to see those brought back as well. I wonder, Maniac Mansion's got to get an episode of Remember the Game down the road. I'm let me know if that's something you guys would be interested in. We'll make a Maniac Mansion episode happen because I'm a couple of you have mentioned it in the past, and I've been wanting to go back to covering that game for quite a while. So maybe we'll do a Maniac Mansion episode soon. Uh, Trevor Seven Oaks wrote into us and said, Hey Adam, what are your thoughts about pinball games? I never really liked the actual real pinball tables back in the day and found the old pinball games really awful, but I've been configuring my arcade cabinet and got to the pinball FX systems and have to say I'm now a bit hooked. Whether it be South Park, Simpsons, Marvel, etc., the tables are all amazing and great fun. I've seen people who have made actual pinball machines with a large TV laid flat, turned round 90 degrees. If I ever get a games room one day. That's sick. So like they turn the TV 90 degrees, lay it flat, and then it's just like a digital pinball table on the TV. I think that's what you're talking about. That'd be awesome. Um, my thoughts on pinball machines. I'm really fucking bad at pinball. I don't know if I just get unlucky or what, but the ball always seems to find that perfect space between the two paddles and I can't do anything about it. Maybe good pinball players know how to avoid that and I just, I'm not good. 
having said that, if I, it's to me, pinball the 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 attraction to a pinball machine is the like what it is like a Ninja Turtles machine. There's a really cool old Ghostbusters one. There's a Mario one that looks sick. If it if it's like a Rocky, like if it's a theme that I'm interested in, then I'll usually play a couple games of pinball if I see one. But I'm really bad. Like I mean, I would love to get a Ghostbusters pinball machine someday, but I, I can't. I'm not shitting on those of you that do. I just don't play enough pinball to justify the price tag that comes with a big authentic pinball machine. Uh, but thanks, dude, that's fucking, I gotta look up these FX ones. That looks sick. Or that sounds sick. Um, so thanks, Trevor. We have one more letter before we move on. So as you guys know, it's letter time. It's letter time. And this week, Brynamite is our letter of the week. And Brynamite says, my first Remember the Game podcast was on the, or was the one on Final Fantasy. Throughout this, you kept saying that you were trying not to apply today's standards to an original NES game when it came to the combat system. How difficult do you find this when you're revisiting old series for the podcast to not compare it to newer games from said series where the controls and such have been improved? Um, that's, thank you for, uh, signing up, uh, for Patreon, Brynamite. Thank you for writing in. And that's a great question. If you don't know, uh, Brynamite's talking about the original Final Fantasy one on the NES, the very first one. It won our Patreon poll a few months ago. And so I had to play through it for the first time for the podcast. And everyone was telling me, do not play the NES version. It hasn't aged well. Play one of the remakes. And I wanted to go old school and I played and I finished the original Final Fantasy on the NES. And it was, I actually really liked it, but holy ass was it a slog at points. And there's just so many mechanics that have been improved. And so to answer your question, Brian, it's actually, honestly, I find that incredibly, incredibly difficult. And I like... It's one thing if you grew up playing a game that maybe hasn't aged well because you remember what it was like to play it back then and it's easy to look past it short. Like Bart versus the Space Mutants is the example I always use. I understand that like for all intents and purposes, that is not a good video game. But I grew up with it. I can look past all of its warts and I love it because I grew up playing it. If I was to go back and play it for the first time now, I would rip that game a new ass. And maybe that's not the exact right example because that game just sucks, period. But like, what? yeah, it, it's... When you go back and play a game that has current entries and its original versions maybe haven't aged that well, I try very, very, very hard to take myself back to the 80s, the 90s, whenever this game, whatever the game is, whenever that game came out and remind myself that like shit that we have today maybe didn't exist back then. So I, I it's very difficult. I try not to slam games for... Uh, for doing things for, for like mechanics that were normal at the time. Having said that, if other games from that time are doing something that that game should be doing, I don't mind shitting on it. And a perfect example of that is super Mario brothers three is uh, listen, of course, super Mario brothers three is a masterpiece. Of course it is, but that game needed save files and legend of Zelda was out at the time and had save files. They could have put save files in that game. And so I think it's a fair criticism to throw shade at Super Mario Brothers 3 and say that game should have had save files. Conversely, you look at the very first Final Fantasy and it's so slow, you guys. And you can't attack everybody at once and there's a lot of little things you can't do that most future Final Fantasy games had. And I'm like, dude, this was the first one. I'm not going to shit on it because it doesn't have a mechanic that Final Fantasy 7 has. Like I And I try to remember that. And I don't know if I always am always fair that way, but I really do. I, I promise. If I've ever shit on your favorite game 
because I played it for the first time. That's the hardest thing about the Patreon poll. Our Patreon poll is running right now, and it looks like Zelda 2 uh, on the NES is, is... I'm just bringing it up right now, but I'm pretty sure it's the front runner right now. And so when I play it for the podcast... Because I've never spent a lot of time with Zelda 2, so I'll basically be playing it for the first time. Uh, yeah, holy... Sh- yeah, it is. Yeah, it's that followed by Metal Gear Solid 3 followed by Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis. So let's just say Zelda 2 holds on and wins. Um, having very like played very little of it, I'm not going to go into it and be mad because it doesn't do something that Link to the Past does, even though it's going to be in my head, why doesn't it do what this game does? Because I, I try to take myself back to that era. So I know maybe that's a very roundabout way to answer your question, Brian, I might, but it's, I do try to, to do that, and it is incredibly hard. So I hope that answered your question. Thank you for writing it. Thanks to everybody that blew this week with me. I appreciate it very much. Like I said, I always stress about not being able to answer everything. Feel free to submit your same question or feel free to shoot me a DM on Patreon and I'll be happy to answer anything you want to know, okay? Uh, That'll do it for that segment. Let's get into our smash hit segment, the star of Remember the Game. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration for the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. Uh, The rules are simple. You know how it works. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one. Forever, I've said they can remake one as a modern game, but I'm just going to say you can remake one however you want. And the third game is a race from time forever. And uh, for this week, since we're talking about a Game Boy game with Super Mario Land 2, I thought we'd make the, the Game Boy Greats edition, as I labeled it. So our contenders are Metroid 2 Return of Samus, Mega Man 5, and Wario Land Super Mario Land 3. And the reason I changed the remake rule to just saying you could remake it however you want, and I'm going to try to start saying it like that moving forward, is because I, I forgot that Metroid 2 has been remade already. So if a game has already been remade, you can keep the remake, you can make it however you want. All right. As always, there are no wrong answers but there is a right one we'll get to that in just a minute and we've added a poll now when you go to the patreon page to weigh in on play one remake one erase one every week there's actually a poll you can vote in showing all six combinations of the games to see what the definitive winner is and this week was close but the winner with 33 percent of the votes was play Mega Man 5 remake metroid 2 and erase wario land so that was what the most of you wanted to do uh, S2 Vaughn 5, let's get into a few of your, uh, let's, let's see if I can't rip some holes in some of your logic here. S2 Vaughn 5000 wrote in and said, I'd play Mega Man because it's Mega Man. I'd remake Metroid 2 because apparently I didn't know they'd remade it. And fuck Wario Land. Someone has to go and I refuse to play any of the Wario Land games. So S2, you said you'd play Mega Man because it's Mega Man. Sound logic. I'd remake Metroid 2 because apparently I didn't know they remade it. I feel that because I feel the same way. But then you said, fuck Wario Land. Someone has to go and I refuse to play any of the Wario Land games. I would like to know. Shoot me a message, S2. We'll have a cup of coffee. I want to know why you refuse. I've I've only ever played one and I'll get into that in a minute. I love Wario, but I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with your vehement anti-Wario stance. Is vehement a word? I think it is. So... All right, fair enough. Super Dave wrote in and said, Play Mega Man. Game Boy is not the greatest version, but come on, it's friggin' Mega Man. Remake Wario Land. Wario is a pretty fair platformer, and I think he deserves to take a break from micro micro games and Super Smash Farts for a return to form. Even remaking this game as a 3D platformer like his GameCube outing would be good for him. And then delete Metroid 2. There are way better Metroid games out there, and even without the influences of this title, I think the series would still arrive at the same place we're currently at, only mostly dead. Uh, yeah, 
Oh, fuck. Well, I'll... You're right, uh, Dave. Metroid is mostly dead. And I don't get... We've done this a million times. We all agree that it sucks the way that Nintendo treats Metroid. Um, I do agree with you that I would love to see Wario get a new platformer. I, that I can get on board with 100%. Uh, Explode Processing wrote in and said, Play Wario Land. Why? Because it's solid. Occasionally play this game to the... Oh, pardon me. Uh, play Wario Land. Why? Because it's solid. Occasionally... That's how I should have said it. Occasionally play this game to this day. I have no complaints. Uh, Explode would remake Mega Man. Sega remade the first three games for Genesis as the Wily Wars, but these are piss-poor ports despite the shit ton of Capcom games on the platform. Let's have Capcom correct this year with the Wily Wars defragmented and then erase Metroid. Two reasons. One, fuck those passwords. And two, Metroid was already remade into a better version. Zero mission. So again, I didn't, I did fuck. I can't believe I forgot that it had already been remade. The, the thing I wanted to point out in your comment, Explode, is the Wily Wars. So... If you didn't know, the Wily Wars is... I didn't know it existed until I got a hold of my Genesis Mini. It's a remake of Mega Man 1, 2, 3 from the NES. But with like 16-bit graphics, they look dope. But the game handles like balls. And I've we've done this. The Genesis controller, while I like it, isn't the most succinct D-pad of all time. And you gotta be precise to play Mega Man. So it doesn't work. So I would love... I agree with you. I would love to see Mega Man 5 remade in that art style just with a better controller. That'd be fucking sick. So I can get on board with this lot. Now what I would do... But I can get on board with this logic. Uh, Kelly wrote in and said, huh, it's so tempting to not follow the rules, but I'd rather not be banned again, so I'll follow them. Thank you very much, Kelly. And just for, if you're new to the show, I've only ever really banned one person. It had nothing to do with the way they answer. I would never ban someone for the way they play Play One, Remake One, Erase One. But I do give out a lot of novelty ban and double C group obey. I just, I never actually point out that the bannings aren't real. And I know that most of our regulars know they're not real, but I would hate for like a new listener to listen and be like, this guy's a fucking psycho, which I am. But I wouldn't ban someone for this. I'll find a fucking reason to ban you, but not for this. So anyway, Kelly agreed to play by the rules. I appreciate it, Kelly. Kelly said she'd play Mega Man 5. I'd never even seen gameplay of this game, but it's Mega Man, so how can it suck? Agreed. Uh, remake Wario Land. This game is already a great game in its Game Boy, form, game Boy form, but a modern remake with a cartoony style will get me really excited. Not to mention we haven't had a proper Wario platformer since what? The Wii? And then Erase Metroid 2. I have simple reasoning. It sucks. This game can get thrown in the blender along with Mario Teaches Typing. Ooh, I don't know if I would compare Metroid 2 to Mario Teaches Typing, but uh, I can get on board with your Mega Man and Wario logic because it is, how can Mega Man suck? And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad, dude, it seemed like there was two camps. People were either like, yeah, War Wario is great and he deserves a new game, or people were like, fuck, I hate that guy, which we'll get to in just a minute. Um, it seems to be one of those two things. Actually, no, you know what? Maybe we're not going to get to it. Maybe I didn't, I think I don't think, I think I already read the fuck. Yeah, I already fed the, read the fuck Wario comment. So we got the, the fucking Wario out of the way. Silver Grunion wrote in and said, play Metroid because it still holds up, especially if using the Game Boy adapter or Super Game Boy and an actual controller. Remake Wario because he never really had a true adventure on a modern console you could play on your TV. And finally, erase Mega Man because platformers on the Game Boy don't hold up. Samus has always been floaty and that's why Metroid 2 gets a pass on that. Plus, there are about 500 better Mega Man games available. Now, I disagree with your take, Grunion, because I'm not erasing Mega Man. Having said that, at least you showed Mega Man some respect and had sound reasoning for your logic. Because then there's these fucking Mega Man haters. And I'm not reading all of you, but I'll give a couple of you a moment. Plucky Beast wrote in and said, Play Metroid and disregard that Nintendo already made a remake on the 3DS. The original was cool with exploration on a handout for the first time. And it included a decent soundtrack. 
Wario deserves a remake, and the first game was better than the sequels for the Game Boy Color. A new version would keep the same hat mechanics along with the same classic platforming while fixing the one major annoying flaw. Get Mario on a diet because the greedy dude's cankles make him move oh so frustratingly slow. I actually agree with that, Plucky. And then Plucky says, Mega Man 5 needs to be erased. If you played one, you played them all. Capcom just continues to shit out the same game over and over, regardless of platform. Go play one of the other bazillion Mega Man games. There's nothing memorable about this recycled money grab piece of garbage. I think you wrote that just to get read on the show, Plucky Beast. And I understand that this is your very first time playing Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And while I respect that you played by the rules and played one, remade one, and erased one, you are on double secret probation because nobody, but nobody, comes onto my show and calls Mega Man a recycled monkey grab, money grab piece of garbage. Whoa, double secret probation. For Plucky Beast. And then Bullfrog jumps in. Play Metroid because it's decent. Remake Wario from the ground up for the Switch. The man is overdue. Erase Mega Man. Fuck him. Astro Boy was cooler. Was a cooler robot kid anyway. Thanks for the great show. Keep it up, broski. We're not fucking broskies, Bullfrog. Did you just say Astro Boy was a cooler robot than Mega Man? Fucking triple secret probation, Bullfrog1221. You and Plucky Beasts can fucking hang out outside together because neither of you is allowed in my fucking house ever. Fucking, and that goes to all of you that wrote in Hayden on Mega Man. That makes no sense. And I will say, neither of you, not Bullfrog, not Plucky Beast, not anyone else that wrote in shitting on Mega Man is as bad as our first and final and only disqualification of the week, which is Doug Dorn, who wrote in Play and Remake Wario Land and then erased the other two. I know it's not the rules, but I don't care. Wario is the only one of the three I care about. Doug Dorn, de-fucking-squalified. Get out of here. Thankfully... A few of you nailed it. A few of you were right. 13% of you, according to the poll, did what I would do. And specifically, Brynamite, Troy Kazuniak, Johnny CCDC, and my man Good A all nailed it. Good A speaks for all of us when Good A says, play Metroid, remake Mega Man, erase Wario Land. Good A is right next segment. That's what Good A wrote. Fucking well played, Good A. And you're right. As are those three. As are everyone that voted for that order. Personally, I would play Metroid 2 because I never have. And for a long time, I'd really only ever played Super Metroid and a little bit of Metroid Prime. But then I played Metroid Fusion a few months ago, fucking loved it. And that, combined with my increased passion for the Metroidvania genre, has me wanting to play more of these games. So I'm going to play Metroid 2. I'm going to remake Mega Man 5. Shout out to every one of you that showed this game some love. It's going to get its own episode of Remember the Game sooner than later. And I know that you know how much I love Mega Man, but even with my Mega Man bias aside, Mega Man 5 on the Game Boy is fucking excellent. 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 Excellent game. I would remake it and I would just make it in color. It may be 16-bit, just make it look pretty. And I would get rid of the stupid four bosses. You beat those four, then you get to fight the other four shtick because I hate when Mega Man games do that. But Mega Man 5 is a great fucking Mega Man game. And then I would erase Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3. And listen, I love Wario. I would put him in my top five favorite gaming characters of all time. I love him. But I've never loved this game. I've tried it many times and I just, I can't get into it. It just is too slow for me and I just... I don't like it. And a character as great as Wario will survive just fine with one of his games erased. So I'm I'm glad that he got a game so quick after his debut. But I don't like that game, so I'm going to erase May- or Wario Land. All right? Thank you to everybody that played Play One, Remake One, Erase One. I appreciate it. Let me break down what I have been playing over the last seven days. And then we'll get into Super Mario Land 2. Um, I finished Final Fantasy V. 
done. We actually recorded that episode ye- uh, yesterday, on Monday. So that'll be going live in the next couple of weeks. Fucking incredible game. That's the next uh, handheld game we have coming up. Is I We're going to talk about Final Fantasy V Advance in particular, the GBA one. That's the one I played. Uh, if you have not played it, quick spoiler before we get to that full episode in a couple weeks, fucking play it because it is awesome. It is... Oh, I could... I. We'll get there in a couple weeks, but I love that fucking game. Uh, I'm playing MLB The Show just about every night. I I have a couple puffs around 11.30 and just get a little toasty, and then I just play the show till about 12.30 and then go to bed. I love it. Fucking love it. God, dude, I'm hitting on like the highest difficulty now, and I'm hitting for like 300. It's all come back to me, just like it used to back in the day. I love MLB The Show. Um, I played Bayou Billy on the NES. It, It... sucked i had to play it because of our let's play poll you can find it youtube just search for adam sucks at video games it's ugh, horrible uh and then and then luckily to rinse the taste of bayou billy out of my mouth i've been playing shadow of the colossus on my ps4 pardon me uh really fucking cool really really cool game i'm about i'm, about, I'm a little over halfway uh i think there's 16 uh enemies you have to kill or i don't know i don't want to spoil anything for anyone that hasn't played it but i think there's like 16 quote-unquote stages and i think i've done 10 of them now so i'm a little over halfway Uh, i don't think it's perfect but it's really really fun and it's a killer concept for a game i love the concept so i'm really digging that that's pretty well all i've been playing i really want to get into returnal but i don't know what i'm gonna get i haven't bought it yet i got i'm gonna get caught up before i get to returnal uh, there we go. That's what I've been playing. Let's get into Mario. That's why you guys are here. As you know, I like to let you kids sound off before I get into the game chat itself. So a few comments here with people's memories of Super Mario Land 2. That one kid, Nick, wrote in and said, Aw, yeah, this game was my shit. I think you mean the shit, but my shit? Anyway, uh, one of the first Game Boy games I ever owned for my see-through Atomic Purple Game Boy Color. Nice. Uh, I played this for hours and hours and never got bored of flying through the space levels or getting eaten by a turtle. It wasn't until high school that I put two and two together in the Toy Mario world that the level on his crotch consisted entirely of balls. Oh, Nintendo, you dirty bastards. I did. Fuck yeah, Nick. I listened to the episode. I'm sure you're going to. I get into that. I find that universe a little bit... uh, a little odd to the Mario zone. We'll get there in a second. Ninja Lunchbox 79 wrote in and said, I was given this game from a buddy when it released because he didn't like it because it wasn't like the NES games. I had the first Mario Land and enjoyed it. I could tell this was different than all of them, so I decided to play it. Well, it's a damn good game, and I played it furiously until I completed it. Good memories. And that's another thing we get into in a minute, Ninja Lunchbox. It's a it's a it's an incredible leap, um, quality-wise from Super Mario Land to Super Mario Land 2. It's fucking wild. So yeah, I'm on board with that. Ryan Bayshore wrote in and said, one of my favorite Game Boy games ever released. I love the whole vibe of the game. Unlike any other Mario title, even to this day, the soundtrack was fantastic. And I loved that you could go into any world in any order. And they managed to squeeze in some cool secrets. Mario's physics were a little bit funky at first, but they grew on me. The real standout to me, uh, the real standout to me of all though, is how creative the environments were. Truly something wild in the best way and i i yeah fuck i'm on board with that ryan it's it's a fucking weird game but it's it's yeah it's just it's weird but in a good way i agree with that and finally a town wrote in and said this game is still one of my favorite game boy games ever one of my best memories of it though is introducing my brother to gaming when i bought him a game boy in this game we would take turns going through the stages and we played it over and over so much fun seeing him become a lifelong gamer and this game was such a big part of that fucking a a town i love it well done i love it fuck yeah good enough let's uh, fuck yeah i'm excited let's do it let's cue up some game boy music some great game boy music 
And in just a few seconds, we're going to talk about Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins, which originally released on the Game Boy in North America on November 2nd of 1992. Let's go. All right, joining me via the blank phone this week is a frequent guest on the show, good buddy of mine, potential, we'll call you potential future Hall of Famer. Uh, that's my buddy Bradley McHugh. How's it hanging, pal? I'm doing well. I just want to be in the Hall of Fame before my brother. And actually, I want to be in the Hall of my Fame without my brother. I don't want him ever in there. No, I think that's a... I remember running a poll at one point being like, do you guys want Mark McHugh in the Hall of Fame? And it was about about two to one people said no. So he's never... What? I'll induct I'll induct Echo the Dolphin before I induct goddamn Mark McHugh into my Hall of Fame. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> right now. That's a, that's a... You know what? That's a, That's a good move. It's a power move. Yeah. that I appreciate. But Mark, I, you know what? As much as maybe he should be in the Hall of Fame, I don't know if he deserves it. No, I don't think he does either. <laughs> I think he just rode other people's coattails into the Hall of Fame. And uh, no, fuck him. Mine's, he's never gonna be allowed mine specifically. In. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck him. No, he's done. He's fucking done. No, Mark's, Mark's, Mark's a good man. He's just not allowed in. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, no, he's, he's the people's choice. Like, he's the people's yeah. champion around here. People love him. I just, he's never getting into my, it's a matter of principle now. But anyway, that's for next week's episode where we'll just discuss Mark getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, well, that's not true. Today, we're talking Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins for the original old Game Boy Game Boy. I was like entertainment yeah. system, but it was just a Game Boy. I don't think it had yeah, any. You, you were looking. You were looking for a third word. You're like, I sure it was. Yeah, I was like so the wait, Game Boy no entertainment. No, I guess maybe the Game Boy <laughs> handheld. Whatever the Game Boy. It's on the Game Boy. It's literally just called Game Boy. And there's so many ways to start this. We could talk about how great this game looks, how fun it is, all that stuff. But before we, can talk we get about how. We could talk about how it's a significant increase in quality Sig from Super Mario Land 1. Significant. And that's one of the points that I want to get to. But before we get to anything else, I'm just going to give you guys a heads up right now. This game is getting an extra, like, I don't know, we're probably going to score it out of six because it's six golden coins. It is getting yeah. at least one extra point. This game was the debut of Wario. And, yes, that's, that's true, yeah. And Wario is easily a top, five all-time character for me he might be my number two after bowser like i love i bradley i remember being a child and watching the commercial this game came out in 1992 so i would have been nine years old and i remember watching the commercials and i vividly remember the commercials of this like evil mario and he had taken these coins and like his castle and all this kind of stuff and he's rubbing I, his mustache he was he's kind of wario is kind of like mario's venom yeah, and like he's like the evil bigger spin-off one and then he kind of became like an anti-hero and a bit of a good guy later on. And I just before we do anything else, I would just like to shout out Wario because I think he went from a character that people thought was kind of stupid to just becoming I I know he's not on that Mario Donkey Kong Link level, but like he's an iconic, well-known Mario franchise at this point or IP and character at this point and I love him. And so I just really wanted to get that out there. Before I forgot, shout out to this game. Even if this game sucked, it would get a good review yeah. because it brought I, Wario around. What I also love about this game is that like Wario 
I, like I love Wario so much, but he will never again be depicted as fat as he is in this game. Dude, they—he's they fucking big. ballooned him up in this one. Yeah, yeah, he's big in this fucking game, and you get to like <laughs> the final fight where you fight him, and his head is bigger than Mario. Like he kind of yeah, looks like was- Barry, or not, uh, not Barry, Ken Griffey Jr. when he gets hooked on the nerve tonic in the episode of Simpsons, and he gets the gigantism. That's kind of what Wario looks like in this game. <laughs> And he's got like he's got fucking rolls spilling out somehow from his overalls somehow. Yeah, and you know, he's got uh, love handles with overalls on. How does this occur? He's just such a. I fucking just. I don't think he's Russian in this game. <laughs> like I think he's like an he evil Russian it, yeah. in the later games. He's got the accent, you know. But like back then, I I don't know. I just I love him. I love Wario so much. So I just wanted to get that out there. He is the bad guy in this game. I think it's awesome that they fucking introduced him, and I'm so glad that like. He could have easily gone the wart route and appeared once and then never showed up again. And yeah, I'm glad absolutely. that that wasn't the case with this because Wario is infinitely better than wart. And I like wart well, too. And, but... and then, well, and then, and then Wario would then like with Super Mario Land three, he would like Super Mario Land three is just Wario Land one. Yeah, he got his um, own game. Like he became that big own, of a deal. Yeah, he got, and he got his own franchise, which may, maybe we'll talk about that another time. But he got his own franchise out of this. Yeah, I, like I got to be honest, I don't hate his games, but I don't love them. Like I wish he would just get another platformer. I would rather just play oh. a platformer as Wario again. Uh, I, I love, yeah, I love the, pl- I love the platformers or like yeah. the, like the, War- the Wario Land games, like the spinoff stuff I could care less about. Yeah. Um, but the Wario Land games I really love. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk no, about. No, we're talking Let's Mario talk- Land 2. So, so Mario Land 2 is a very special game to me. It was the second game I ever got on Game Boy. I was really young. The first being Pokemon. I was really young when I got this game. Um, and it just became like, it came, it became immediately nostalgic for me when I started playing it because it is very much. It does feel like they did everything they could in their power to take the concept of Super Mario World and shove it into a Game Boy cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, um, dude. Because, yeah. yeah. For a game that came out on a handheld console in 1992, the overworld here is unbelievable. Dude, this whole game, like, I was playing it. So I played it last night on my 3DS. I paid it. So just so you guys know, I don't always just go ROMs. I gave Nintendo my $4. I played their game. And, uh,. See, I never owned this game as a kid. I owned the original Super Mario Land, and I'm very nostalgic for that game. But, dude, I'm telling you, man, the jump in graphics, quality, sound, everything from Mario Land controls. 1 to Mario Land 2, the controls, everything. It's real. You'd swear, if it wasn't for that puke green and black color scheme, you would swear <laughs> that this was an entirely different console. And it, this game came out three years after Mario Land, and it's. Like the the graphical jump from Mario Brothers One to Mario Brothers Three on the NES is nothing compared to the graphical jump from Super Mario Land to Super Mario Land Two. It's incredible. Absolutely, because in Mario Land One, you like you 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 have a general idea of what you're looking at, but here it's crystal clear. Yeah, it's like that is an ant. There is no fucking questioning that that enemy is an ant. Nothing about that could be questioned. That is a mouse. There is no question. Everything about it is crystal clear. I think the, obviously not the colors or anything because it doesn't have colors. It's the Game Boy. But I think from like the sprite pixel work, like the artwork in this game, I think it looks better than Mario 3. Like I think they put more time to like Mario. I'm looking at a picture of Mario right now and he's he's almost at two and a half dimensional. Like I know he's 2D, but like he's turned on like that 30 degree angle. So you can see his second eye kind of behind the first one and stuff. And even in Mario three, other than when he's running, he's not like that. He's perfectly sideways. Like it's I, uh, really incredible how well this game looks. It's insane. I'm not, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I, I can't see that. I like, I like 
But you know what? I think there's an argument for that for sure. Like it, it's because just like I, yeah. If I saw the two side by side, I think I might I might have a bit of a bit of an epiphany on it. Yeah, it's just I. <laughs> like before, like I, I, I wanted to get there, like the jump from Mario Land 1 to 2, because it really is just what they were able to do with the Game Boy by the end of that that console's life is like, like I had Donkey Kong Land 2, which was Donkey Kong Country on the Game Boy, and it was awful because it was too hard to, they tried to make Donkey Kong work on the Game Boy, and it was like almost hard to see what was happening. Because it was yeah, so I've cluttered. Yeah, I played that game. It's it's quite bad with its yellow cartridge. Why yeah, is the cartridge yellow. Don't yeah, need it. and it's too hard. But this, like, I was playing this last night, and I was like, dude, this game came out in 1992, so it is it's 29 years old right now, and this game still, other than that color scheme, which I I think anyone that grew up with the Game Boy has a bit of a soft spot for that puke green mm-hmm. color. Right, like oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Kid, it looks terrible, but I'm in. Right, kids today would look at that and be like, "That's hideous." But any of us that grew up with it are like, "You just don't understand." Like this is that's childhood. That's what our childhood looked like. Does and, this game? Does this game have color options if you play it in a game? I don't think it does. I, I think it's too old. I think they did. They not remake it. I want to say they remade it with like Mario DX. I I don't I don't think they did because they did that with Zelda. But I oh. I, Okay. They, I think they did that with Metroid 2. It's, I could be talking about my ass. It's a it's a ROM it's a ROM hack. I knew it existed, but it looks like it was a fan made ROM hack. Uh, oh, okay. Super Mario Land 2 DX six school, and then it adds Luigi, it adds colors, stuff like that. Um, oh, I think I think I would play that to be honest. Oh, me too. Yeah, because yeah, like this game with some color and stuff would look dope. But yeah, like that's yeah. that was the first point I wanted to make was when I sat down to play it last night. Before we get into the gameplay or anything, I just was like, dude, for a fucking thirty year old Game Boy game. This aged immaculately. Like this looks really good. Aside from the lack yeah. of color, which I don't you cannot fault this game for not having color. It looks yeah, so it, good. It was it was the era. I, I don't I don't have any issue with that. And now I love this game, but I'm also not gonna blow smoke up its ass the entire podcast. No, it's got there's, some there's some stuff about it that I that I don't love. Yeah, like um, go for it. Uh, you you want to talk about the stuff we don't love? Yeah, let's do. Let's get the bad out of the way. Okay. We started okay, out nice. So, now we do the bad, and then you end with something nice. It's like a sandwich. Okay. So there's some stuff in this game I don't love. The controls, while much better than Mario Land, still aren't perfect. No, it's um, it's not. Mind, yeah, I had some deaths floaty. last night that were 100 percent on the controls. Yeah. Abs- yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, and there's a few levels that are like because the controls aren't exactly precise are fucking uh, frustrating. And they're not even frustrating because they're hard. They're frustrating because it should be easy if the controls were good. And there's two that I have in mind. There's the the fucking, the boss. Uh, okay, so th- this game has six different zones, and I love all of them, by the way. I like five of but, them. Uh, there's we'll, 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 we'll get, get into it. There's one, but yeah, we'll, okay. Go we'll ahead. So, to, so, so there's six, six worlds. Yeah. There's six worlds, and one of them is a space theme. I like all the themes. Me They're too. pretty cool. Yeah. There's the space one, and in the space one, there's one where you're in like this bubble, uh, or no, not in a bubble. You're like you're like you're you're basically on the moon. So your jump is much larger, and like gravity is weird and different. So the controls, which weren't even that great to begin with, are now even a little floatier. Yeah. And you have to get through this fucking maze of spiked stars, and that. The controls are not good enough for that level, I think. So, because there's a couple instances like that. There's that one. There's the level with the where you have to use to get to the space world where the hippo 
statue breathes a bubble and you get in the bubble and have to yep. float up. And dude, I struggled with that for a good 10 or 15 minutes last night because I was like tapping jump and sometimes he would go up and sometimes he wouldn't. And then I finally realized that like if you just hold jump, then he goes all the yeah. way up. And when you let go, he sinks down. And I was like, okay, once I get it, I was like, this makes sense. And maybe, and I, 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 listen, this is a rule that we've kind of put in place on the podcast lately. I have learned with retro games, read the manual before you blame it for not telling you something because maybe it was in the manual. But... Oh, right. That's a fair point. Right. And I've learned that. Having said that, though, like I've been playing Mario games for a long fucking time. And the general belief was always you just tap the button and then that's how he flies or that's how he swims or whatever. So I was like, am I not in the wrong to think that I should be tapping the button to go up? So No, it's, no, because that's what, that's what I did, too. I actually didn't even know you could just hold it. I just finally figured it out. If you hold the button, he goes right up to the top of the screen. So but. that makes the the pro, the thing is is like you do have that level where you go into the hippo bubble and you have to go all the way across to get into the space zone. But my question is is like I don't hate that level, but like why? Yeah. Why is it there? Because um, the level itself doesn't end in a way that makes it seem like you're going to space. No. But not only that, but if you just now that I know, if you just hold that button and then hold right. The game, you don't have to do the level at all. No, you beat everything. Yeah, because that's what I did. You just, you, <laughs> I just you, held the button and yeah, across you, the entire and level. And that's what I did too, you know, tapping it, which was kind of confusing at some points. Right. But that's what I did. I just fucking, I flew up to the top and then I flew all the way to the right. Because so, if you don't do that, you get the wrong fucking exit. And so like, why, why would this be the way that this works? Why is the harder route the way to the wrong exit and the easy fucking cop-out route <laughs> Is the way to the so, right exit. Okay, so, and I wanted to point, because that was something that I had a problem with. Like Bradley mentioned, so if you've never played this game, there's six zones, like six worlds, whatever you want to call them, and they each have like a couple levels and then a boss, and you have to, each boss has one of the six coins, and you have to give six coins back. And one of the, and five of the zones are very easily accessible on this overworld map. You can basically play them in whatever order you want. You just walk to them, go into the zone, beat the world. But like, I beat the five that I could find, and then I could not figure out where the sixth zone was. And I was like, dude, I've played this game. I've beaten this game. How the fuck can I not find this? So then finally I Googled it and they were like, well, the space zone, you have to get through by going to this other level that's kind of further away on the map. And it's the one where you have this this hippo statue that breathes bubbles that you get in the bubble and then float to the end of the level. And on most levels, there's like an exit on the ground, but there's a bell up near the top of the screen. And if you ring the bell before you go through the exit, then you get to play this little mini game. But then there's a couple of levels where there's just two exits and one is up high and one is down low. And once I figured out how to work the bubble, then I was able to get to the higher exit in the hippo world. And when you get to the higher exit, then it takes you to the the, the space zone to get that, that zone. But I'm like, I'm a little bit floored to just be like, how? So five of the zones you can just walk into anytime you want, play them. The sixth one, you have to find the secret exit in a level that's on the other side of the map. And you need to beat all six zones to beat the game. It's not like this is like a hidden extra level or something. Yeah, it's not Star Road. No, and I'm a little bit surprised by that decision just to be like, here's five of the six worlds. The sixth one, you have to kind of weasel your way into. And I found that just, like, if you're going to make it so I have to do things on the overworld to unlock the worlds, then do that to a few of them. Don't just make one random zone off by itself. Does that make Absolutely. sense? So I didn't care for that. I get what you're talking about with the bubbles. Another thing that irritated me was the levels where there's like slime that you have to swim in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And like, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's slime on the top of the level, slime on the bottom of the level, and then empty space in the middle, and you have to jump from one to the other. But I don't feel like this game swims quite like a traditional Mario game, much like how it doesn't quite control right. It feels a little off. It feels it feels heavier to swim in this game for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it, it does, does. In, in other Mario games. Although like, now I want. Like well, I was just gonna say now I'm wondering if you can just hold A and fucking swim to the top of the screen, and I never do. That's actually <laughs> shit. Maybe. <laughs> Which would really piss me off. But I so I, that irritated me. Was there another level that bothered you? Because you had mentioned that there was two things that bothered you. Yeah, there was a level. Um, in there's a level in the Mario zone i guess is what they call it where you're basically in like a very large mechanical robot version of mario yeah great fucking level i love this thing i love this level so much but the third level in that is this really fucking obnoxious one where you have to stand on these uh these like balls that that are on chains and then you have to jump from ball to chain and avoid the obstacles and again it doesn't seem that hard in concept but the controls aren't tight enough for it. Yeah. So I found myself dying a lot because I would jump onto like the spikes that are directly adjacent to where I need to land because the controls aren't quite tight enough. And that could be me just blaming my shitty gameplay and my my inability to be good at the game on the controls, but it did feel not quite right. You know what the thing I'm just thinking about this now, because I agree with you, the controls aren't bad, but they, the fuck, they're fucking leaps and bounds ahead of Mario Land 1. But they still yeah. don't feel quite right. But you know what I think? I think the reason the controls feel weird, at least to me, just thinking about it now, is because this game looks like I'm playing Mario World or Super Mario Brothers 3. And I'm so, like, I just have the muscle memory of precisely how those games are supposed to handle. Yeah, and then exactly. I play this one, and it doesn't necessarily handle bad, but it doesn't. It just kind of feels off to how Mario Three and Mario World play. And maybe it's just instinctively we're trying to play it like Mario World. Do you know what I mean? Because like it looks like yeah. it, but because yeah, like there's a couple of the auto scrolling levels where I died a couple of times where I got stuck behind like a brick or something, and I had tons of time. It was just the the weird kind of floaty, just not quite right jump mechanic. And I was having a hard time sticking a jump that I should be able to just like do with my eyes closed. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but maybe that's um, all it is. It was just that. There, there is also two more gripes that I have about this game that I don't like. Um, this game took me ninety minutes to beat last last week when I played <laughs> it. It's really short. Yeah, it is. But the problem with that ninety minute runtime that I played is that 45 minutes of that 90 minute, half that 90 minute runtime was doing the main objective of the game, which was collecting the six golden coins. The other 45 minutes was spent in Wario's castle because the spike in difficulty between the other levels and Wario's castle is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I get, I mean, I didn't find it too bad. There was one part. You didn't find, okay, maybe I'm just terrible at games now. No, no, because I was going to say, there is one part. So, like, the the thing is, like, in all the, like, this game is, is, I don't want to say ridiculously easy, but this is not a difficult game until Wario's Castle. Yeah, it's it's easy all around. Yeah, not only are the levels pretty simple, but, like, the amount of lives this game gives you is ridiculous. And uh, and I want to get into oh I'll, I'll get into the coins in a second because I wanted to talk about that. But the one part, so like you go through the six worlds, you beat the six bosses, you get the six golden coins, and then you can go to the castle and fight Wario. And I do agree with you. Like I died more times in Wario's castle than I died in the rest of the game combined. It just exactly. it's just that I had like sixty lives at that point, so I was like, well, I'm gonna be fine. The the one part in Wario's castle that really fucked with me was 
fighting those three, the floating Wario orb heads. Yeah, uh, they just kept like so. You fight them, and like we've all seen like a screensaver where the logo is just bouncing around the screen. That's what these heads do, and they're just circular faces with Wario's face on them. And it starts out you fight one, and then you fight two, then you fight two more, and you have to jump on them three times. And I died in there a few times. And the, this game has no checkpoints in Wario's Castle. There's checkpoints in basically every level, but in Wario's, and Wario's Castle, Wario's Castle is the longest level by a lot. Yeah, it's long, and there's no checkpoint. And so if you die, you're hoofing it all the way back. To the very well, beginning. I found I found the second floor to be the most frustrating. Like, the third floor I can get through pretty easily. Was, this, was the second floor the one with the Wario punching hands and stuff? Yes! Yes! And fuck that part of the game. Fuck the Wario punching. I got hit every time. Well, like, I I, eventually hit. I figured out that if you jump over the second block between, like, because there's a block you step on and then that triggers the hand coming down. If you jump over the blocks, the hand doesn't come down. Oh my god! But it's and of course it's of course it's that simple, and I'm but, an idiot. But 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 sticking that jump is really hard because again he doesn't jump quite right, and the collision detection in a Game Boy game isn't perfect. So if you even get close to those blocks, then like well, and if you do, if ahead. you do hit them, if you do hit those blocks and the pot they they start punching downward, like they do it in a pattern. Yeah. But the pattern is different for all three hands. Yeah, and they're so like why is it? <laughs> why is the speed? And it's so slightly different that you couldn't tell from just looking at them. No, it's really like if you've never played it, there's this, this part where, yeah, there's these three different areas where there's this like a giant Wario like fist Glove, comes down yeah. and just rapidly punches up and down into the ground. You have to run under them. And the timing is like your timing has to be like pixel perfect Immaculate. to get under those three fists. But yeah, so, so that's where like, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a, it's not. It's not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I do agree with you. Like, it's there's a substantial difficulty because the rest of the, 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 to get the six coins, it's borderline babies first Mario. Like, it's, it's really it's easy. fucking relaxing, dude. Yeah, it's it fucking is. Relaxing. And then you get into Wario's Castle and they're just like, oh, yeah, you've been on cruise control for, for the first hour now and now it's go time and it does it does get more difficult and and then you have to fight wario three times and they throw you an item in between but that's it and if you die once it's all the way back to the fucking start to do it again yeah dying on Wario. i died on wario once this run and i was like i was mortified <laughs> and he's not even that's one thing that i guess if i have a criticism my other criticism of this game is that i don't think the bosses are bad but they're very basic. Like there's the six, like each of the six lands has its own boss. And then Wario is a boss and every there's, there's single ones that I like and ones that I don't. For well, sure. we'll go through them. Like every boss, like my problem with it. And I kind of had a problem with this. And even my beloved super Mario world was, I was like, can we not do something other than just jump on their head three times? Three, yeah, three like, like is it always and like, even up to Mario Odyssey, I think Mario Odyssey is one of the best video games ever made, but you fight those stupid rabbits in the suits and you got to jump on their head three times and it's like why why is it why is it always just jump on people's head three times something where when the next mario game comes out if i'm fighting a boss and i jump on its head more than three times and it doesn't die i'll be like whoa what the fuck yeah like it's just just, you go into it like from boom boom to the koopa kids to like everything other than bowser the only one that you can't jump on his head three times is bowser everybody else is fucking that's their weak spot is there's a soft spot in the top of their head and you jump on yeah. it three times. Um, so like I don't think the like I say, I don't think the bosses are bad. I love the fact that there's six different bosses that all attack you different ways. I just I like I, I like that there's times. a Mario game. I like that there's a Mario game that is basically built around the idea of fighting bosses, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because like it's, it's, it's such an neat. afterthought in a lot of other Mario games. 
So I had played this game before, so I was like, I want to be as strategic about this as possible because this brings me to my other complaint that I have about this game. The when you're once you've gotten to Wario's castle, or at any point after you've beaten one single boss, the fucking the what's the word I'm looking for? The the punishment for getting a game over is too severe to keep my interest. What is it? I, I don't I I'm not flexing. You, I, I never mean, got a game over, so yeah. I just wasn't sure. So what it when is. you get when you game over, you lose all your coins. Like your your of your the six. Oh, you okay. lose all of them. So and you so you then have to scratch? go back. You have to go back, fight the bosses again, get the coins again. But I don't want to replay those levels. Yeah. I've played them already. I did them. And you're asking me now again, I didn't game over this time around, but I have before. And I remember being like a kid and being like at Wario's castle, dying at Wario at the final boss gaming over. And then it was like, oh, go back and fight the other six bosses. And I was like, mm, no. So you don't have to play all the level. Oh, yeah. OK, so because no, you have you to do, save. You have you... to play the levels again. OK, so because OK, well, then what the fuck? Why is the point? Why do we have save files then? No, no, you have to play like the levels that the bosses are in. Oh, but you don't have to play your way through the world. You just go fight. You don't the have boss. to play the whole world again. Okay. You just have to play the level and then fight the boss. But like, like I'm, I'm thankfully middle, I'm middle of the road on that because on one hand I'm like that that is kind of an element of like a, a that's like I've been playing Toe Jam and Earl on my Genesis and if I die and it's over that's just a part of me is like that's a relic of the times. It was like well then you start over, but then it's like well then why are there save points? Like I thought a save point was so that I didn't have to redo all the work I did. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. And this game does. Uh, thank God, this game actually does have a save, uh, like save file. Which, by the way, how the fuck does a game this big that came out in 1992 on the Game Boy have auto save? What yeah. the fuck? I never even That's thought weird, of that. right? Like, because you, you never saved in Super Mario World. You have to go to certain places to save, and that yeah. was on the Super Nintendo and came out like a few months previous. Yeah. Yeah. So why didn't Mario World have autosave, and how the fuck did Mario Land Two have autosave? I think I mean it's, it's another testament to like this is a fucking this is a big jump in the quality of these games. Like maybe that yeah, because I never even thought of that. But you're right, I never because I played it in one run yesterday. I just beat the whole game from start to finish in yeah. one sit down. But yeah, you're right. Like I never I never once saved ever. Yeah, but the game just saves by auto itself. Saves. Wow. Which which by the way is a bad thing once you get to Wario's castle because what I would do is I would save before getting to Wario's castle with the amount of lives that I had so that if I did game over, I wouldn't have to go back. Oh, I see. But, and, and fucking, because the problem is, is when you game over in this game, you have to then go farm for coins. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because, yeah, and that yeah. was something like, so I played the entire game just picking up coins like I do in Mario, thinking that every 100 coins got me a one-up. And then, like, dude, I, I think I'd finished five of the six worlds. I was trying to figure out how the fuck to get to the Star World. And then I realized that I have 999 coins. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do with these? And then I Where's walked into that hill, and there's, like, the big game that you play where you can gamble yeah. them. And I thought, wow, that's actually a really cool idea. Other so if you had 999, so there's three different um, ones that you can do. And the greater the amount that you spend, the better the rewards. Yeah. But there's one that's like you can spend nine 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 the max amount of money and it's a huge risk. Did you do that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So you yeah, you spend yeah. you spend nine hundred and ninety nine coins and then you get to spin a wheel and I think the three prizes are five hundred coins, twenty one ups or five hundred one ups or fifty one ups. I mean, um, and I got twenty one ups. 
So but there's also like a witch space that if you get that, you get nothing. Oh, I never, oh fuck. I never saw that. I was just, I just saw the 20 and 51 ups and I was like, fuck if I hit either one of them. Like, I think I already had 30 lives when I did it. Like, yeah. I, I just was like, well, I have all these fucking coins. I might as well, I want to see what, like it's for the review. I want to see what 999 coins are. But yeah, I didn't realize if you get game over, you'd have to go farm coins to go to buy more lives to go fight those. <laughs> having to fight those bosses again would fucking irritate me. That would fucking yeah, irritate would have, me. If you game over, you have to farm for money because the game auto saves. It knows you have nothing. It knows you have no money. Yeah. And Wario's Castle, by the way, has no fucking coins in it. None. Yeah, that's true. Anywhere. You're right. There's like three boxes. Because that's something I do in these types of... Sorry, I just kicked my table. I hope I didn't fuck up my audio, everybody. Uh, no, you're all that's, uh, that's something that um, I would do... I, I still do in a Mario game to this day is I know where the boxes are. And so it's like, okay, well, my goal is like if I got a mushroom out of the first box, then my goal becomes getting to that second box without losing my mushroom so that I can get either a flower or a carrot or whatever Mario item is in whatever game I'm playing. Um, yeah. and you're right. Like they're, they're very, I think there's like basically one per, per section of the castle and there's no checkpoints and there's no coins. So every time you die, you're just burning a life like that you had stockpiled. So you really need to stockpile them before you go into that castle. Um, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, like, I'm not, I feel bad now, but I was like, I'm not flex. I just never ran into any trouble last night. Like I walked through it. I never even no, thought of yeah. any of that, but yeah, no. And like, I ran into some of these troubles cause like, I'm not, I'm not that I'm bad at video games, but like, um, but like I ran into some of those troubles, but like, I never gamed over. Like right. I never gamed over. I just know when I was a kid, that's what happened. And I remember making me go, Oh, I don't think I want to play this now. Yeah. That would, cause like the boss, like we were saying the boss fights, like there's one where you fight like a bird and there's one where you yeah. fight like a, the, the witch is probably my favorite boss. Cause she yeah, likes yeah. the pots do, on fire. Do you, yeah, do you want to you go through the bosses? Yeah, okay. Well, okay. So actually, I quickly wanted to touch on each of the six worlds because there is one yeah. that I hate. And it's actually, ironically, the one you mentioned. I don't hate the Mario. So one of the six lands is Mario Zone. And you yeah. basically hike your way up this giant robotic Mario. And I actually think the insides of the level where there's like Lego bricks and like moving parts, I was like, oh, that's pretty rad. But I also found it fucked up and weird. That I was crying. It's, it's like, like it's mostly a joke that I don't like it because I thought it was cool. But I was like, why the fuck is one of the six worlds inside me? And then I was <laughs> like, and why is Mario full of all these horrible things? Like I was yeah. like, is this what's going on inside of him? Because you start out in his foot, then you go to like his belly, then you come out his mouth. I think you're in his head to fight the boss. And, and why I, does Wario? Why does Wario have that? Yeah, that was my why big problem with that? it. Where I just was like, because all the other zones are like, well, this is the this is like the water zone. This is like the Halloween zone. This is the tree zone. And then they were like, let's just make you go into Mario. And I found that just so fucking weird that they would make an entire land where you climb through your own body. And Mario's just like looking at the screen and he's like, hey, you're inside me right now. Yeah, that was and that was like, it. Ah. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. That's fucking weird. So I did find that weird, but I did also like the idea of it. I think the favorite, my favorite land in the, in the game is probably the one where you shrink micro zone or whatever it's called. Yeah. That, yeah. That one, that one is great. That one, that one, I, you know what, to be honest, I actually really like all of them. I'm not a big fan of the turtle one, but it's also really short. So I don't have that big of an issue. Yeah, dude, um, I sh a couple of them are really short. And I actually was a little bit, there's a couple where I'm kind of disappointed. You go like the star, there's, there's the space one. you go in, there's two levels. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's kind yeah, of a rip off. 
Well, because they know that you have to play that other fucking bubble level just to get in there. So it's like kind of three levels. I but guess. The bubble levels. Bubble levels not a real level, in my opinion. Yeah, it's bullshit. I think that's not a real level. So like that was like yeah like so there's the turtle zone where you're inside this giant turtle, and it was like it's kind of, eh, it's not this, the most creative I, zone in the world. It's not. It's not that great. And the thing I don't like about the turtle level is that this one has my least favorite boss in the entire game. The octopus. The octopus. This is my least favorite, and I'm going to tell you why. Because while, yes, you are just jumping on these characters' heads three times, their hit spot is actually a bit more specific than that. Yeah. Um, especially the octopus. Like, you have to get them right in the middle of the head, because if you get them on the side of the head, it counts as a hit towards you. Yeah, yeah. And you're swimming. Yeah. Yeah, you're they're swimming. Sw- you're swimming during this fight. So to, like, get it exactly precise, it's not hard. But it's also frustrating and annoying. Yeah, it's just maybe a, not even frustrating, just annoying. It's just irritating. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So there's like, yeah. And actually, no. There, there's one boss I hate more than that one, but we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a minute. Okay. Well, I brought up the master list, so I didn't miss any. So yeah, there's the turtle zone where you go inside a giant turtle. There's water levels, and you fight the octopus. There's the Mario zone we just talked about, where you climb through this giant statue of Mario for some fucking yeah. reason. And I, I actually and then, love that the boss fight is the three little pigs. This is my favorite boss fight in the entire game, less Wario. And Wario's you, the best one for sure. But like this one, yeah, you go into this one and there's like the three, they look like three kind of cuckoo clocks in the background. Yeah. And there's yeah. like the straw house, the wood house, the brick house. And then the three pigs are in them. And one at a time, the pigs come out and they all kind of move around the screen differently. And you have to jump on them three times and you kill them. Then the next pig comes down, then the next pig. And I actually thought that was a really cool... I thought that was a pretty dope yeah. boss, actually. It, it also it also changes up the formula that you only have to hit the boss three times because with the concept of this one alone, you have to do it nine times. It's a much easier boss than the rest of the bosses, but it's also the most fun to play, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, then there's the then pump- there's a Halloween zone. Yeah, the which- pumpkin zone, which is inside a giant jack o' lantern, and it actually looks like I don't know if anyone's gonna know this. Did anyone? Did you ever have Mighty Max when you were a kid? The toys. Uh, yeah, 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 and they were like the, I, I think they were like shells, and you could get like all kinds of yeah, these different like, little they're like shells. Poly pockets, right? They're yeah, like and you, you'd open guys. them, and they had like a world inside, and that was what yeah. the Halloween zone looked like to me—the pumpkin zone. I was like, oh, it looks like fucking Mighty Max. Uh, shout out to anyone that remembers yeah, right. Mighty Max because that, that was awesome. No, no, that sounds right. That sounds right to me. You're right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But you fight through that. It's basically thank God that like there's graveyards and like there's booze and stuff like that, but like I I've never hidden the fact that I hate ghost house levels because I think they're boring and I'm glad they didn't put any shitty half-ass puzzle ghost house levels in this game. They were just Halloween themed platforming levels, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was like it was like mostly outdoor. Yeah. Like just Halloween left to right decor. basic stuff. Um and then comes my second favorite boss fight in the game, which you had already mentioned, which is the witch. Yeah. Um, and I like I like this one because it's not again, it's not just like wait for them to come down and then jump on them. Yeah. It's like you have to strategize a little bit. There's these three. There's three cauldrons and the in the floor with fires under them, and the witch will either show up on the left or the right, and then shoot a fireball at one of the three cauldrons, and whichever one she hits, that one explodes. So if you're standing on it, it hurts you, and you still just have yeah. to jump on the witch three times. But at least it changes up the formula a little bit, like you said. And there's there's spikes on the ceiling, and she'll lift the the lids all the way up to the ceiling. So if you're standing on that cauldron at the time, that's right. Okay, yeah. You get spiked. Yeah. yeah. So um, that one's, that, that one's good. Uh, the micro zone is the best zone. Uh, is uh, my, my favorite, my, one of my favorite zones. Maybe I might like the Mario zone more than you. I know, or more than this one. And I know you're not a big fan of the Mario zone, but this one's also great. 
The problem with this one is that it's a great fucking world with a terrible fucking boss. Yeah, it is. So like the world itself in the in the microzone is like it's like World Four in Super Mario, Mario Bros. 3. Three. It shrinks yeah. you. Everything's big. It's all like the enemies are actually the same size, but you're like the environment you're in is is small and it, or bigger, and it's it's fun. It's it's cool. That gimmick will never get old. I love that gimmick of shrinking some, like Mario and throwing him into a level. But yeah, then the boss fight is just a rat, and there's just three pipes, and he runs in and out of the pipes, and you just have to jump on him as he runs by. And it's like very boring. It's a yeah. boring boss fight. Yeah, it's just like it's and it's the, it's the easiest one by a lot. Yeah. Well, see, personally, so the tree zone is the first. That's still, I think it's probably the zone the most people play because it's right there when you come out of the first like introductory level, and you basically yeah. fight your way up a tree. And there's like bugs and ants and stuff. And then when you get to the end, you fight a bird. And I actually found that one easy because I had the carrot when I got to the bird. So I just floated yeah. above the bird and hit it three times. Yeah, I had no issue. I had no issue with the bird. But um, it was boring. The, the bird, the, it's 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 a boring fight, but like it's not it's not hard or anything. Yeah. Um. Then comes um a, a, a world that I think is okay. Um, and that's the space world. I love it in concept. Yeah. I love the idea of Mario going into space to collect a coin. Um, yeah, I, I like, dude, like, and whenever I play a Mega Man level where I go to outer space and, and Mega Man gets the bigger jumps and stuff, I always enjoy those levels. Fish out of water and into space is like my favorite shit in the world. That's like like Jason X is like one of my favorite movies because it's like why would he be in space? I love it, but why? (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, I like it when they take a normal person to put him in space. So like it's the level is kind of neat, like the world. Other than it's only two levels long, Uh, this is actually maybe not my favorite boss fight, but is it's my favorite boss character aside from Wario. Um, Yeah. Because the boss in the space zone is Tatanga, and that was the boss from Mario Land 1, that weird little alien oh. in his spaceship. Oh, yeah. Fuck, you're so right. So when I got there, I saw him. I had no idea he was coming, and when I loaded up the fight, I was like, holy fuck, that's the boss from Mario Land 1. And it's like the However, fight is the fight isn't hard. It's the same old crap. But I, I, I hate this one. This one I fucking hate. Because I hate it so much. The fight? Because, yeah, because it's so fucking easy. It's so fucking easy this one and they're all pretty fucking easy but this one's so fucking easy all you do is crouch in the left corner and wait for him to come down yeah and then when he goes to the left end of the screen you crouch in the right corner he literally cannot hit you if this is what you do yeah it's impossible for him to hit you and he like he flies in like a u pattern so he'll go up to the top one corner then he'll come down along the bottom of the screen up to the top other side and like bradley said you just wait in the other corner and then when he comes down jump on him as he goes up it's super easy He's like firing missiles and fireballs and shit. But if you go into the adjacent corner, he literally, it is literally impossible for him to hit you. Yeah. Like, I mean, fucking easy. I don't know. It's maybe, maybe it's cheap of me to say, but like, I I think it would have been cool. Like in the original Mario land, there's a couple levels where you get into like a spaceship and you like fly Mm -hmm. around and and shoot or like a submarine or whatever. And if they're going to bring back the boss from that game, I thought it would have been kind of neat if you had to like fight him in a spaceship. But yeah, they I just would, they just went to the that. tried and true jump on them three times, which yeah, whatever. I, that actually, it also never occurred to me until just this moment that that was the same character from Mario Land One, and I'm embarrassed. No, it's well, he's not exactly a famous character. I'm embarrassed, so Adam. He kind of well, all right. Well, this is if this week's episode <laughs> of the no, no, he's not. He's I don't know. It is what it is. He's not a he's not a big name character. I just thought it was a cool little throwback to have him in there. Yeah, well, and if you're playing Mario Land two, it it would it would stand a reason that maybe you've played Mario Land one. Right. So then, you know, so that's the six worlds, and then you beat those six worlds, and each world, I think the I think the biggest world is the Tree Land, and it's only got four levels, and you don't have to play one. 
Like the yeah. zones are not big. They're quick. And they're three or four levels there's, each. There's also a lot of secrets in this game where you can like you can skip the entire micro zone if you want. Yeah, dude, and that's something I wanted to bring up. I actually really like the map in this game. Uh, the overworld and there are all kinds of like hidden levels and stuff you could access like that to me that's where the replay would be as a kid is the game itself isn't that hard but you want to explore and go look around for these other hidden paths and stuff like that yeah um yeah yeah and uh when i was a kid i hundred percented this game i didn't this time around because i just like was like huh let's just play it yeah um but yeah when i was a kid i got every secret and and found everything and um didn't have internet at the time so i don't even know how i pulled that off i was young well, we, were, uh, we yeah, had nothing. Did. We had nothing better to do when we were kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair <laughs> point. And you know what? I might have been. I might have found a Nintendo Power. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. But yeah. But uh, no, I I, uh, I feel nostalgic for this game. I also recognize maybe it hasn't aged as well as I wanted it to. Um, but like, I still like it. Took it was 90 minutes, and I had a and I had fun playing it. So I'm not gonna bitch and complain too much. No. Yeah, I paid the four dollars, and like I say, yeah, I beat it, and I don't know. Worth yeah, it. somewhere between an hour and two hours last night, just sitting on my couch, and I and I had a lot of fun. I was like, I'll play that again. Like it's just a, it's it's kind of comfort foodie. It's very simple, but I I'm really shocked at how well it looks. Something I wanted to bring up too. One of the things that's always one of my favorite things to talk about with Mario games is the power ups. And in this oh, game, yeah, yeah. like there's obviously the mushroom, and then they replace. Then they did the same thing with the original Mario Land. The one up mushrooms are hearts in this game, and I have to assume that was because they couldn't differentiate the mushrooms. Because they can't put yeah. different colors on, right? So, that makes sense. So that's whatever. But then you, yes, yeah, so you get the mushroom to get big. The fire flower gives you fire, and dude, fire flower is so much better in this game. Because in Mario Land, you got the flower, and then you shot like a ball. It was like a rubber ball that you shot. At. It wasn't like a fireball. Yeah, ball. this this one's like this one's a fireball like the size of the fucking screen. Yeah, it's a huge fireball. <laughs> it's very overpowered, but I love it because it feels like classic Mario. Um, and then there's the carrot, and the carrot turns you into a a, a bunny that can fly you flap your ears and you can fly and do not sure what the two things have to do with each other but i'm in <laughs> not at all not at all but i agree with you <laughs> that said as much as i love like super mario brothers 3 like you get a leaf that turns you into a raccoon that can Fair fly point. you know what yeah you so, know what you got it they or just a don't... feather that no actually feather kind of makes sense but they don't have to make sense but I agree with you. I thought that too. Because, dude, I couldn't even... I didn't remember the bunny power was a power in this game. And one of the early levels in the game, I beat it with the secret exit. So I rang the bell. And then I went through the goal. And then it lets you play the mini game. And the mini game it gave me was the like uh, the claw machine. Where there's like a yeah. conveyor belt that has like a mushroom, a flower, a carrot, three extra lives. Mushroom, flower, carrot, three extra lives. And you hit the button to make the claw come down. And whatever it grabs is what you get. And I was like, what the fuck is the carrot? Because I hadn't gotten one yet. And I was like, I don't remember the carrot. And then when I finally did get one, I was like, oh, yeah. And you can fly. And it's, I don't want to call it broken. But like, because you can't gain altitude with your flight. You can just jump and then flutter your ears and you drift back down to the ground. But dude, you drift so, you basically drop like one pixel per like movement. Like you drop yeah, so no, it's, it's slow. True. It makes the game, like the thing is, is like in most Mario games, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to gauge out whether or not I need a fire flower or like a cape for this level. Yeah. Um, but in this game, you don't have to do that because the bunny is always the right answer always. every fucking time. Yeah. Like just to give you, if you've never played it, to put it into perspective, when you play Mario Brothers 3 and you have the raccoon tail, when you're not flying and you're just using it to float your way down, you know, you fall at kind of that like 40, 45 degree angle as he's going down. In this game, it's like five degrees. 
Like he falls so slow. If you run and take a jump off of a box, you can probably float over the rest of the level by the time you hit the ground again. Um, yeah. And so it's it's a little broken in that sense. But at the same time, I was the same as you, where there were a couple of levels where I found the controls just a little bit off. And the having, like, I all, dude, like in, in Super Mario Bros. 3, I always want the raccoon tail. In Mario World, I always want the cape. I always want the ability that'll let me stick my landing better when I'm platforming. And uh, yeah. this game. Yeah, that's true. I'm the same way. Right? I would just rather have that than fire most of the time. And uh, that, that carrot, boy, oh boy, if you can't stick a landing with that carrot, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Because you've got about it makes two up, minutes. It makes up for the the not quite tight enough controls. Yeah. It. Oh my god. It's fucking. It's ridiculous. But I love the idea of it. I think it's a cool item. I love the fact that they found a way to put something other than just the mushroom, the flower, and the star in it. Um, you can pick up Koopa Troopa shells in this game, which I know that's normal for all of us now. But that was a big deal back then, and I thought that was fucking really cool. What I yeah. love too is when you fight Wario at the end of the game, you fight him three times, and he uses your items. Yeah, you know what? That is cool because like that's almost a precursor to like stuff that would come later, like in Super Mario 3D World, where Bowser uses um the cat suit at yeah. the end. Yeah. In one of the lamest final bosses in Mario history, but that's another thing for another day. Yeah, it is. But in this game, like you fight, first you just fight Wario as like normal fat Wario, and then you fight him when he's got a bunny hat, and then you fight him when he's got a fire flower, and he uses the powers just like you would, exact same way you would. Um, yeah. The only difference is I think when he has the bunny ears, he like floats above you and then when he butt slams something in the roof falls and like tries to hit you or whatever but like yeah i've always the only real challenge of that that fight yeah but i've always loved it when they and not just mario but any game when they let an enemy use the powers that you've been using the whole game i always think that's like the coolest shit because i always think that like why wouldn't you use this and so they do do it Oh, one more thing that I like, like at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, don't forget to mention this. Don't forget to mention it because it's the best part of the fucking game. Don't forget to mention it. Um, The soundtrack here is fucking unbelievable. Really? Agreed. Really, Uh, really good. It's so good. Like the do-do-do-do or like the do-do-do-do. Like it's it's very, very fun. Sticks right in your head or like the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Um, And then like. One of my favorite musical cues comes at the end of the game when you're fighting Wario because every time you encounter a boss before the boss comes out, it's like, and with Wario's, it gets more intense every time you get to a different part of that fight. Yeah. So like by the end of it, when he's get when the fucking carrot is descending from the heavens and he's getting it, it's like, (laughs) gets like like super intense and like that. It's like, oh, and he's so big. Like if you've never seen it, like the original, because like we've all played the games like Mario parties and Mario karts and stuff where Wario's like, you know, he's a touch taller than Mario and he's a little, a little jollier, a little plumper. A little little chump chubby. Yeah. But in this game, he's literally like four Mario's like too wide and too high. He's huge. And yeah, the music that plays, the music is a hole in this game. I rarely keep my sound on when I play game boy games. Cause I'm like, it's, you know, you listen to it a couple of times and then you're like, all right, there's only so much they could do with the music in this game. But this game, I was playing it last night on my 3ds and I was like, this sounds like super Mario world. Like this sound is really fucking good in this game. Yeah. Like for S yeah, especially for a game, like sound that was supposed to come out of a fucking portable double a battery powered speaker. Yeah. It feels pretty good. Like, it sounds very good. Yeah. It, 
everything about it. Like I, I think the graphics are great. I, I like the overworld. Uh, the powers are fun. The music is good. They, they do throw some variety. I wish it was longer and I wish there was like a hard mode. Um, but yeah, those it's, are it, like the, the main game is too easy. I struggled a little at Wario's castle, but like the main game is so fucking easy. Yeah. Like if I didn't own this game as a kid, I only had the first Mario land, but if I had owned this game as a kid, I'm hundred percent sure I would have beaten it fairly quickly. And, uh, that's, I don't know. Like to me, 50 or $60 back when this game came out, I might've been a little bit crushed. Cause I would have been like, well, I beat it pretty fast. But like now you can, like I say, it's on 3ds. It's on the 3ds virtual console for four bucks Canadian. And I was like, that's the perfect, perfect amount, perfect, perfect amount for it. Cause I had no, I, I had a good time playing it. I'm sure I'll play it again at some point. Um, and it introduces Wario fucking yeah. like, it's a big deal. This is an important video game. Yeah, no, I agree. This, this game fucking rips. Yeah. I was, I was really, yeah, I, I'm just, I mean, we're getting close to scoring this thing. I just want to like, I know we don't show the Game Boy a ton of love on this show. We've, we've done a few episodes. There's a lot, especially if we're well, talking old school, original Game Boy. There's a, a lot, lot of more, Boy, there's a lot of bad. Oh yeah. A lot of Game Boy games suck. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. Cause it's just like, like, have you ever played like Mortal Kombat on Game Boy? It's like, what, what business did you have putting this here? Yeah. Like, this uh, is unfucking playable. A like, lot, of, a lot of them are bad. And even the ones that weren't bad, they've not aged well at all. Like the Game Boy is a very, I think anyone that grew up in that era has got a soft spot in their heart for the Game Boy. But the, like, I never really want a Game Boy classic. Like give me a Game Boy Advance classic, but I don't yes. want a Game Boy Classic because there's not a lot on there that's aged well. And I got to be honest with you, dude, sitting down and playing this game for the first time in forever, I was like, this is as playable right now as it was in 1992. And there are not a lot of Game Boy games you can say that for. And I'm not shitting yeah. on the Game Boy. I, I have love for the Game Boy. No, but I, I, no I, I completely agree. Pokemon, Pokemon I think, is the same. Um, yeah, Pokemon. I can't think of any. Link's Pokemon Awakening. Link, uh, but you know what? I would say Link's Awakening is as playable now on Game Boy as it was back then. But the problem is, is that the Switch version really showcases all the flaws the original had. Yeah, it does. By making them fucking good. Yeah, it does. Uh, also, like the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons were pretty rad too. But yeah, they're okay. But they're I agree okay. with you. Like Mario Land two, Pokemon. Yeah, like it's there's a, like I had Killer Instinct on my Game Boy when I was a kid. But and that it was didn't play too good. Horrible. And I had Donkey yeah. Kong Land 2. And you guys know, like, I am a hard on for the Donkey Kong franchise. But the Game Boy Donkey Kong Lands no are good. pretty fucking rough. But this game, like, this is, I, I'm telling you, if you've got a 3DS kicking around, go spend the three or four dollars. This is you'll have this is you'll have fun. This is a good fucking video game. It's a great way to it's a great way to kill an hour and a half. Like it's it really is. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, all right so uh should we should we should we coin this bad boy yeah i mean i think it's we'd be doing it a disservice if we didn't score it out of six yeah you got the six golden coins six golden coins if we said if we said any other number somebody would have emailed you and been like dude what the yeah. actual what but, are you doing but but six is hard because it's not you don't have a lot of there's not a lot of wiggle room here with six no there no there there really isn't like it like even even giving it a five is like ooh, that's quite a percentage you've just chunked off there. yeah uh, but I'm going to give it a five. I'll give it a five. Yeah. I'm in there too. Like I, I'm like, I want to go between four and five, but if we're going to play by the rules and not do decimals and I'll go five as well. Yeah. You can't have half a coin, Adam. No, you can't. Can't split, can't split it in half. That's a felony. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah actually it is. It's yeah, a super legal currency. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, not, it's not your property, but Fuck it, whatever. 
Uh, yeah, it's the government's. I just hold it for them. But and, no, we're not going on a tax rant. Um, <laughs> yeah, like to me, like it's it deserves points for being a fun game. It deserves points for being as good as it was back then. I think it deserves points for being as replayable today as it was back then. And as I mentioned right off the top, it's getting a point for introducing my man, the iconic Wario, because he's your, fucking your boy. awesome. Ah. I love Wario so much, dude. I like to play as him in Smash Brothers, and I'm not even good with him in Smash. I do it purely to drop the fart. Just to fart on my... <laughs> just yeah. If I hit someone with that big fart cloud during Smash, I'm happy. i like, Wario's the best. Fuck yeah, so, dude. Um, I might even see... I'm going to make a note right now. I might even see if I can find the commercial for this game from back in the day, and I'll edit it into the podcast. So maybe you, it, maybe we're going out to like, that. Isn't it like? Isn't he like walking down a hallway or something like that in the commercial? Yeah, of, I... of, of Mario's castle. Oh, this is also like an interesting thing that I like to throw out um, because a lot of people are always wondering why canonical Mario games don't have Wario in them. Like they're like, why isn't Wario or Waluigi a boss fight in these games? And I actually found out that there is a reason why. Is why? that canonically? Canonically, people have figured out like a Mario timeline, and this is the last one. Oh, really? like chronologically it's the last one like mario is supposed to be like quite old in this game so wait so then the wario that's in like all the go-karts in, or is that i guess they, those don't count like those are I, I, don't th- I don't think they count i don't okay. think because like donkey kong's there too and it's like why would mario be hanging out with donkey kong and bowser like that doesn't make sense yeah i've always thought that like why do they invite bowser like why like why let him play like i love bowser i'm glad he's there he's my he's the guy using most of these games but i was like why do you guys invite him i thought you all hated I, him like why let him i like play? i like to assume i like to assume that he's just their annoying friend and then like every time he kidnaps the princess they're like oh this fucking guy yeah bowser like, i swear i swear to god after this shit we're not hanging out with him again yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah maybe you're right or maybe they just like maybe he pays like maybe they let him yeah. come because he pays for it or something. Yeah, because you know what, he's got a pretty big castle. Uh, no, he's got he money. was like, he was like, do you guys want to go go karting? And they're like, I don't know. Like payday is another like six <laughs> days away. You know? He's like, my treat. Come on, guys. Come on. He's, um, he's like, he's like, I, I'll do fine. All right, I got a full army. Let's just. <laughs> I I I will say, like I don't. I could take or leave the WarioWare games. I don't hate them, but I don't love them. I have I have forever just wanted a like a platformer where you could play as Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Waluigi. Like just, and each of them yeah. handle differently. Like drop princess and toad from a game and put Wario and Waluigi in. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I do think I do want to see like Wario and Waluigi in something that's not a sports game now. Cause like, when was the last time Wario was actually in a game? Yeah, I know. Like this is Wario like even, games. Even even WarioWare, they're not really making those anymore. No. Like I don't remember the last War. I think it was 3DS that that and, came and out. And Waluigi's never been in anything other than the party and sports games. Like they don't yeah. use them, you know. Get them in some make make a make oh make a new Wario Land game for the looks. Wario Land Six, come on, fucking give dude. Me. I I would love I and I say this in no joke. I would love a game where you play as just instead of being Mario and Luigi, it's Wario and Waluigi. Like, call it, like, Super Wario Brothers or something like that. But, like, I don't know if they'll ever do it because I think they're afraid it won't sell like a Mario game will. Well, and it wouldn't, obviously. But, like, they're still making fucking Pokemon Snap, which is, like, that's not going to sell, like, a regular Pokemon game. But you still fucking made it. Yeah. I Yeah. I just... I mean, because I I didn't like Waluigi when he was introduced, but I've really come around to liking him. But Wario, I've, I've... Again, like I'm not. I, I I think people that under like get the reference will be like, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Well, I always looked at. I always love Venom, 
And I always looked at Wario as Mario's Venom. He's like the kind of spin-off, bigger, eviler, anti-hero type version. And I'm like, do something with this guy because he's fucking rad. He's an so iconic Luigi character. Carnage? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think I think we just figured it out. Waluigi, dude. Yeah. That's why they won't put him in Smash because he's too dangerous. And Luigi is Spider-Gwen. Oh, fuck. Luigi's, <laughs> Luigi's fucking... Uh, oh, dude. What's the name of the pudgy guy in the new Spider-Man movies? Ted? The guy in the chair? Uh, oh, the guy in the chair. Oh, uh, Ned. Ned. That's what... That's, yeah. that's fucking Luigi. Luigi's Ned. That's... You're right. Luigi so. is Ned. Perfect. Good stuff, man. Thanks for giving me a call, and thanks for playing through and talking Super Mario Land 2 with me, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, hell yeah, man. That was a, that was a blast. I love it! Obey me, Wario. I am your master. Mario is your enemy. The wicked imposter Wario has cast an evil spell over Mario Land. Don't let Mario get the six golden coins. Don't let Mario reach the palace. This is the biggest, most dangerous, most challenging Game Boy adventure yet. Obey Wario. Destroy Mario. Don't fall under Wario's evil spell in Super Mario Land 2. Only on Game Boy. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Bradley, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Super Mario Land 2 with me and every single one of you listening right now. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed that Wario commercial. Dude, I dug that bad boy up on YouTube and it just took me back to 92. I remember seeing that commercial on TV and just thinking how sick it was that there was like an evil Mario. And who would know that almost 30 years later, the character that I most closely relate to maybe in all of video games is Wario because he appears to drink too much. He's a little obese and he cuts some nasty farts and I can relate to all of those things. So thank you to Wario for making this episode possible. Uh, guys, if that, if you enjoy the podcast, if you liked that, if you like what we do, I'm, I, I gotta do it, man. Please consider throwing us a couple of bucks on Patreon. Would you? It's as low as $2 us per month. And it helps me. It keeps this show afloat because I put a lot of, time into these shows and I don't and I don't just want your money for free okay I give you a stupid amount of value you're gonna get two additional weekly podcasts access to our discord a shout out on the show you can submit comments you can dm with me and we have other tiers with even more podcasts and stuff like that but it starts as low as two dollars us for two additional podcasts every single week patreon.com slash remember the game the support is appreciated more than you could possibly imagine uh, we have a P.O. box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Just shoot me a postcard or a letter. I'm not asking you to send me video games or bombs or fucking drugs. or Well, dr- no, don't send me drugs. I don't know what the rules are in Canada. Don't send me drugs. Uh, just a postcard or a letter. And then make sure you put your return address on it. And I'll write back and we'll be friends because I have postcards here. And that's a fun little thing that we do. Uh, and come check, it out on tw- check us out on Twitch. If you want to come hang out with me, I'm there Tuesday and Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time and Saturday afternoons at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, and you're just looking for Member the Game over on Twitch. Not Remember the Game. I don't know who that person is, but I don't like them. Look for Member the Game over there. And oh yeah, and we have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, stuff like that. You can find it at rememberthegamepodcast.com as well if you want to support the show that way. And that is going to do it for this week's episode. I am going to do a whole lot of fuck. The shout out list gets longer every month, but I'm going to go record the shout out list right now and I'm going to plug it in in just a second. Thank you so much for listening. Clean your controllers, wash your hands, be nice to each other. Get vaccinated if you haven't, please, so that we can all go back to spitting on each other at rock concerts. And uh, I'll be back again in seven days with episode 148. Of remember the game. Uh, remember the fuck. How did I screw that up? Remember the game. Fuck off. Thanks, guys. Bye.
Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without your support. So I would like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game. And I saw a huge, oh God, there's like 270 names this month and I'm just got them in a random order. I'm going to fuck some up. So if you want to listen to it to see if I fuck yours up, go ahead. And just a quick note, I record this at the beginning of every month. So as I'm recording this right now, it's May 4th, may the 4th be with you. And uh, I fucking hate that joke. And I record this uh, at the beginning of every month because it takes a long time to do every week. So if you signed up after May 4th, thank you so much. But you'll be added to this in April, or pardon me, in June when we record the next one, okay? Here we go. A huge thank you to Broken Spoilers, Matthew Day, Plucky Beast, Super Dave, Owen the Game Furchuck, Brynamite, Joe Kirby, Dale Baker, Ian Watts, Jeff Bergeron, Paul, Ronnie Sachs, Hammond Egger, Josh Valentini, Chance McCoy, Sean Radford, Karth from KOTOR, Sean Raspberry, Rose Scott Roseberry, Shannon Willis, Astros, Astral Soul, Big G, Classic Crusade, Russell Aldridge, El Sock, Adam Ferrer, Tom Maya, Oprah's Iron Fist, The Old Man of Gaming, A Sharp J, Lee Sparks, Zonko504, Scarlet, Kyle Bolton, Chris Freeman, Tom Calvert, Seth Mayfield, Jose E. Marco, Titan Entertainment, S2 Vaughn 5000, Bones 02, Guest House Productions, K Cuz, Candido, Born to Do It, Daniel McKee, Dan Wagner, Elijah 232, Joseph Gonzalez, David, Tim Chambo, Captain Cool, Explode Processing, Nathaniel Shelley, Swedish Fish, Lee Whitworth, Tent Sparkter, John DeShazo, Squints, Carmichael Nicholas, Gary Heather, Corey Street, David Phillips, I Worked at Subway, Raul Aguiar, Joel LeBlanc, Johnny CCDC, Wolf Magic 21, Paul, Fob, Kerry Waka Waka, Ryan McCowan, Trevor Oaks, Mike Burks, Nathan Freak, Too Loud for the Crowd, Pizza Power, Matthew McLean, Doogie, Logan Hale, Cody Poland, Murat Pepper, Spencer C. Weiss, Chris Coplin, Electronic Emotions Program, K Jam, Lord Finish, Aaron Baker, Dane Upton, Goth C, Good A, Mega Man 2 OG, McJr, Jafar, Rogue Agent, Thor the Hammered, Stefan Fukasawa, Joshua Davis, John Byrne 86, Andy Hudson, Retro Bismol, Sam Wright, Devin Gordon, Seriously Ron P, Derpimus Prime, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Wolfgang, Darren Bugnish, Troy Xuniak, Brian Robbins, Ferdy Martinez, JB Retromania, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Kevin, The Anti-Spatial Podcast, The Novel Console, MFALF, Zoo Troy, The Honest Pokemon Trader, Sean Clifford, Pi Messiah, Jesse Clark, Kelly, Rodrigo Tamazi, Derek Jane, Mercury869, Mad Shibs, Potato Bob Guy, That One Kid Nick, Dana Wucherall, Amy Gillen, James Anderson, MPG in Buffalo, Pat Duddy, 8-Bit Bovey, Poops Loomis, Raging Demon, Mr. Satan, Troy Cherichetti, Silver Grunion, Peebs, Mulverine Films, David Schnatterer, Martin Greenwood, Dominic S. Thompson, Tim L. Adam Beasley, G9PSX, PB McFadden, Jared, The Giraffe, Tim Riel, Starro Probin, Jay Clutch, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L., Xwater, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Ryan Bayshore, Christopher Russell, Mike Maloney, Defunct, Tommy Reynolds, Ryan Kinchin, Arpad Botos, Jer Bear, S2S, Adam J, Zane Donovan, John Quack, Ryan Yeager, Morgan, Geek Life Radio, David Ray, Danny Vega, Tom Kite, Brian Medeiros, Andre SJA Flash, A-Town, Mark Jones, Nathan Tremblay, Chris Knife 007, White Burrow, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Brian, Bra- Brian Ransom, Matt McLean, Mr. Nick, Michael Haig, The T-Word, Miklos Blackshaw, Aaron Lawson, Stitch, Dario Omen, Adam O'Shirello, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Craig Rutt, Leon K, Scott Brooks, Yamcha, Wyman Brooks, Chuck Schlarp, Chris Campbell, Brandon O'Brien, AK, 
aka Tin Smasher, Mackenzie Wheeler, No One Cares, Dave Thompson, Dan T, Adam Anderson, Ben Busha, Matt Brown, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Mark 209, Kyle Paul, Vladstein, Nick Sills, April Sane, Alex Martinez, Brian McKay, Fraser Burns, Bullfrog 1221, Jason Cortez, Kevin Hufford, Duhow, Dylan, Jordan, Desert Tortoise, Joe Mack, They Call Me Badger, Kate Roberts, Luca, Rescognito, Divalk, Gary C, Andrew Wright, Rex Sheldon, Charlie Medeiros, Josh Morgan, Chris Fleury, Corey, Doug Dorn, Evan Refuse, Slick Rick, Ben Bullio, Ashley Cronenbitter, Nathan Warzecha, Warzica, Joe Gillespie, DNA Gaming, Dave McGee, Sean Razine, Ryan White, Robert Lippa, James Clark, Christopher Sumner, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, Jeffrey Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Fake McHugh, Matthew Mathis, or Michael Mathis, pardon me, Tyler, Freezer Burnt, Stupid Monkey, Andre, Sharonic, Ben Drinkin, Joe Buck, Todd, Makeshift Money, and Dave. That was ugly, but thank you all so much. If I didn't screw up your name, it means I like you just a little bit more, and I'll talk to you guys again soon. You're the best. Cheers.